Well, folks, welcome to One More Edition of Politics and Radamek Berto with your host. Thank you so kind of being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. As usual, we have in the house El Senor Eric Hayes. In the house, we have El Senor Miguel Rudnin. Michael Rudnin is in the house. AVQ. And likewise, AVQ, kittens are hyper. AFK. I, I feel for your kittens. And on the one and only Paul Fleming Sr. all checking in from Atlanta, Georgia. Carl Cox is in the house. He says Carl Cox is here with no gravy. Yeah. Anyhow, welcome aboard, Carl Cox. Anybody else coming in? Make yourself known on the chat. If not, we will still be here with you, my brothers. Please, and sisters, that is. Let's go ahead and, um, again, go ahead and give us that thumbs up if you are on YouTube. Give us that like if you are on Facebook and do whatever you can if you are on Twitter. Please <clears throat> remember to share all, share, 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 like, 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 thumbs up, thumbs up. That's how we get maximal coverage. Thank you so kindly for being here. Welcome to Politics Done Right. Lee Grant is in the house. He says, y'all cooling off here, only 101 degrees. Do you believe in global change, uh, climate change now, my dear brother Lee Grant? I think you always did. I, I don't think you were one of those deniers or anything like that. Um, anyhow, welcome to Politics Done Right, all my peeps that are on. Let's see if our our mailer went out already. I want to make sure to see if our people are coming. Mail, where are you? Let's see. Yes, it just went out. Because, But wait a minute. How did it go out with the wrong... Dang it, I thought I changed that. Seems like it went out with the wrong uh oh, it it has a little it has a little bit of a bug in there because Eagle Gross, yep, 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 yep. It had a little bug in there in the way it went out. But that's okay, that's okay. We will still go ahead and get it done for those people who got the email. I'm looking at it right now. Anyway, folks, a little typo. What can I say? <clears throat> All right, Eric A says. Going woke, look what happened to this company, layoffs and loss of market share. Will you be talking about the yellow uh, Anheuser-Busch? Uh, why don't you tell us what went wrong? They, You mean they did, they uh, Anheuser, let's see what it says, article news. You know what? I tell you why I want to see that, because I want to cover that Bud Light, Anheuser-Busch. Uh, oh, 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 oh. All right, okay. All right, let's see what it says here. Bud Light, uh, I need to stop that sound, stop that sound. I'm glad you guys can't hear it, but I need to stop it from my ears. Skip that. All right, good. Anheuser-Busch apparently has some layoffs or something. Uh, let's see if we can get there. All right, I got that to stop. All right, what does it say here? Bud Light maker Anheuser-Busch uh, lays off hundreds of U.S. corporate workers after sales slump. Now, what does that have to do with uh, with us again? Uh, it says in a statement to the associate, the beer maker. Uh, let's see what it. I, I got to put it into another screen because I can't read that well here. So what I want to do, but I, I want to cover that because what happens with uh, folks like Eric is they give a little bit of misinformation as far as the causation of, of what's going on. And the reason I want to copy this link and actually give it a hearing is because we don't want misinformation that normally comes from the right. And our good friend Eric has a t uh, an affinity 
for believing these things unheard of. So here we go. Here's what it says. Anheuser-Busch, the maker of Bud Light, confirmed this week it's laying off hundreds of positions across the U.S. corporate staff. Corporate staff, executives, the people that don't do anything but make big salaries. In a statement, the Associated Press beer maker said the layoffs will impact less than 2% of its workforce. And Anheuser-Busch website says the company employs 19,000 employees nationwide, warehouse staff, drivers, and other frontline employees will not be affected. Great. The ranking file, the working class won't be affected. The job cuts arrived during a rocky time for Anheuser-Busch, which has seen a uh, seen months-long sales decline for Bud Light since April when conservative critics vowed to boycott the brand after Brewer sent a commemorative can to transgender. Oh, let me see. So Anheuser-Busch, because it supports humanity and because the racist homophobes decide not to buy any beer and drop their accounts, I'll tell you what. That's a part of business, right? But it has nothing to do with woke. It has everything to do with an inhumane sect in this country. Okay? That's all. So when you try to put that out here, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Hayes, what you show is the inhumani- that inhumanity of the right wing. It has nothing to do with woke. It has everything to do with an insensitive what is it? A insensitive bunch of folks who decided that they were going to boycott a company, which is their right to do. But what I say now for those people, I say for Anheuser-Busch doing the right thing, I want to make an ad for Anheuser-Busch right now. Go drink Anheuser-Busch beers, guys. I want you to drink Anheuser-Busch beers. Let's not let those racist, homophobic, uh, evil people stop you from uh, uh, somehow stop companies from doing what's right. Thank you, Anheuser-Busch. Bridge MCP is in the house. She says she can't stay long. Bridge, we'll take whatever we can get of you. We thank you for being here. Uh, Let's see. Melanie Keelan is in the house from Barcelona, Spain as well. So what can I say? All right. Uh, Eric says, woke via the lady that did the market campaign. She was fired due to loss of market share and billions of due to loss of sales. They didn't lose billions. Okay, it's not billions. Come on. Don't be hyperbolic. Really, federal government may allow a private for uh, profit company to run a nationwide gambling operation that would let U.S. uh, bet on outcomes of our elections. That's a shame, isn't it? But not surprising at all. Uh, Egberto Willis for the screen. I'm going to put that on the screen right now. It sure beats what we had on before. So, my dear, beautiful uh, Bridge MCP, let me go ahead and get the pick right now. Copy link and put it onto the screen where we can actually see that. And I'm going to post it to the screen right now. And here it is. And let me read what it says. It says, Being woke is literally what Jesus preached. Yes. Being woke is what Jesus preached his entire life. I find it astounding. All those people who who bask in their ignorance, you know, I find it amazing. Those who are happy to bask in their ignorance. But let's do this. Let's not, let's not, let's help them. You know, let's help them see the light. Let's help them be woke because all those who are making them anti-woke, they don't get or yet understand that they're just making themselves 
dumb, right? That's all. Anti-woke. I mean, being anti-woke mean I want in I, I I want you to be dumb. Woke means I want you awake. I want you to be able to think. That's what woke is all about. So Egberto Willis loves being woke. You know, Americans are starting to get the picture. You notice DeSantis is talking a lot about woke. And you notice who's not talking a lot about woke these days? The, uh, the, the criminal President Trump, former President Trump. You don't hear him talking a lot about woke, right? But the, but the dummy, <laughs> the dummy isn't talking about woke. And the person who should know better in DeSantis is talking about woke. I find it ironic. I find it so ironic. So people, if you're out there, Anheuser-Busch did the right thing by supporting, uh, if, I, if I remember correctly, uh, all people. So go buy their beer. I don't drink, but I'll go buy a, a, an uh, Anheuser-Busch beer just to support them for doing the right thing. So progressives, if you are out there, you make sure and support. If, if you see a right-wing company or right-wing, a company being oppressed by the right-wing, immediately go support that company because the evilness of the right must not be allowed to garner any traction to allow others to follow. Carl Cox says, right-wingers hate anyone, any business that don't share their twisted conservative point of view. Look, they have a right to have twisted conservative views. When they affect the rest of us, that is what ha- that's where the problem lies. But he says, one gay drinks a bud and the racists go wild. Yes, racist because he was a gay guy. Amazing. Eric Hay says, they were slumping and did it marketing, not uh, humanity as beer has nothing to do with. Yes, it has everything to do with humanity. That you can't see it is astounding. Uh, He was in transition. Well, what can I say? Anyway, folks, uh, let's make sure support uh, Anheuser-Busch. Drink their beer. And if you find any beer company that is abiding by the right wing by trying to now r- remove uh, people who, you know, remove the support for everybody, you penalize that particular company because there are more of us that are humane. There are more of us that want what's good than those out there that are inhumane, racist, homophobic, sexist, troglodytes. Remember that. Please, please, please remember that. It's very important. Very important. All right. All right, let's see. Uh, uh, today's show, we're going to talk about, well, i tell you what. Uh, I, I had a right-winger call into the show, I think it was yesterday. And I have another one that I have to post today, but this one was from yesterday. I want you to listen to the conversation that we had. It turns out by the end of the conversation, I am sh- sure he was a progressive. I know Jesus never said woke, but he was woke. Saludos, Roberto Luis, mi hermano favorito de Panama. Dice, saludos, uh, politics and right, but drink responsibly, please. Yes, but support Anheuser-Busch. But here is the video of the day, and then I'll come back to your statements in a little bit. So here we go on el video that uh, we we have scheduled for today. Alberto, how are you this morning? I am doing fine, sir. Talk to me. Last a couple of weeks ago, you had the guy. He runs a um, they uh, picket to John Corn and Dolphins every Tuesday. You're talking about a Neil Aquino. I really disagree with a lot of stuff he says. He was 
receiving hate, like he was calling the Republicans Nazis um, and all sorts of nasty stuff. Let me let me tell you where I where I stand uh, first of all, Jeff, and I I try to impart this in the way I come across. I respect everybody, and notice what I told you earlier about, or I said earlier on this show. You are my brother. I consider everybody my brother and sister, whether you're Republican, MAGA, or whatever you are. Okay, there are a lot of folks in this, in our hyper, uh, hyper partisan state as we are right now, that kind of do that. I am trying to get away from that, and I'm trying to show people how to get away from that. In fact, that's what we spoke about yesterday at the Unitarian Universalist Church about uh, engaging with everybody, listening to everybody, and seeing where they're coming from. So my question to you is, why uh, did, did you have an interaction directly with Neil Aquino or you had a problem with what he actually said? Well, what he, had, what he said, I mean, we're, we're all trying to get through this world yes. know, without a bunch of hate. And, uh, you know, when he starts spewing that, it just, you know... It turned you off. Yeah. Let me try to turn you back on to just, you know, being engaging with everybody. Look, um, uh, in, in my life here as an American citizen, I've gone through hell and I've gone through heaven in, 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 in one country. OK. And what I've learned to do is concentrate on the heaven. And I'm just using metaphorically because I don't believe in either one. But, you know, a lot of people do. But anyhow, um, so um, you're talking to me now. So tell me what you want to tell me about who you are and what you want to talk about. Well, the Social Security thing, is uh, we can talk about that for a minute. Um, I know that's your main subject today. Yes. Uh, I, I, think, I think the government is, you know, that's always been a, a little treasure trove for them. To use it where they want to. Mm-hmm. And I think that needs to stop. Most of us, when we pay taxes or whatever kind of taxes they are, we don't personally know how those taxes are used, etc. But we are told by other interests, whether it be on the left side or the right side, we talk about those taxes and we tell you how to think about those taxes. Now, my question to you is why do you assume? that this, this social security is just a, the, something the government is taking to misuse. You know, they keep on saying it's busted. People keep on putting in. And I understand that there's withdrawals on it, but they need to adjust that part of it, you know, to, to uh, offset the withdrawals. But, you know, I worry about myself in five years. They've always thrown that out there the last 20 years that it's, it's going to be non-existent in 10 years, five years. So and can I ask you another question then? I, I get that. Um, are you a Republican, sir? Yes, I am. Right now, the, the, the Republican orthodoxy is to privatize Social Security or a portion of Social Security. I'll be, I want to make sure and be factual. A portion of Social Security to throw that money into the, the, into the market to somehow gain more. That's their proposal uh, to save social security, put some of the money into the private sector with the expectation that they can do better in the stock market, notwithstanding that the stock market can go up and down. And not only that, but I'll tell you why it's a false choice and then keep some. The uh, the progressive, the, 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 the neoliberal is to just leave things the way they are and just fix it here and there. And the progressives which are now caucusing with the Democrats, I consider myself a progressive. What we want to do is make all income, 
all, whether it's capital gains or all income, taxable, and in doing so, all our social security taxes will go down and we can actually get more, all of us, from social security. And it's not Robin Peter at all because, uh, again, if all of us pay a certain percentage on our income, why should the billionaires, when they own more than the billionaires and the high income millionaires, they own more than 50% of the wealth. The top 1% own more than 50% of the wealth. So why? And, and again, that is really your work. The wealth that they have isn't something that they did. You're an employee. Are you working, sir? Oh, yes. All the wealth that you see these, these fat cats want that caucus with your party, they're they are making that wealth on your back as they have you struggle for social security, as they have you struggle for income. That is what I'm trying to get. I'm not trying to change you from being a Republican. I'm trying to change you to vote for people that are going to serve you. You see what I'm saying? I see where you're going. But do you, be, first of all, do you believe what I just said? Uh, I don't believe about the fat cat. I mean, what, what, which one you don't believe? No, I just, I don't, you know, I think that there's always going to be a, a rich class. Uh, why is that, sir? Wait, 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 let me let me back up. Back up. Why? Again, you know, a lot of we we make a lot of blank statements, and a lot of the, of the blank statements we make is because we've been indoctrinated from elementary school, and we have all these sayings we say. There all be there's always going to be rich people. Why is that? You do want a socialist country where everybody. Wait, what does what does a socialist country mean? Well, like Cuba. Let's no. Cuba. That, again, let me ask you a question, right? Uh, one, uh, what if, if I want to scare you and scare a lot of Americans, right? All I have to say is, uh, do you want to be Cuba or Venezuela? And I, we want to define. And first of all, I didn't use the word socialist, right? You did. I didn't. But you did. I want a system that works. And it's not capitalism because capitalism doesn't have a heart, right? Uh, it's not capitalism. But I didn't say, I didn't mention the word socialism. I could tell you all the things that I want to see in our society. And I would guarantee that you agree with me. But uh, at the same time, uh, many of us allow people on the outside to say, that is socialism. It's something that you want. Like let let let's go down the list. Let's go down the list uh, as an exercise, Jeff. Because I want America to hear this. Because we are brothers. I want America to hear this. Wouldn't you like to have a healthcare system where you have a card and you go into your doctor's office? You don't have to figure out health insurance companies, what they offer, what they don't, etc. That if you need healthcare, there is enough in this system that's going to give you the health care to make you well. Wouldn't you like to see that? Well, I've got a card that I can go in and uh, insurance card and it takes care of me. But I'm saying most Americans don't. If you if you have if you have health insurance that you can go in and get all the services you need without having to go through an insurance company and having to figure out what's covered and what's not covered, you're better than 99 percent of Americans. And maybe maybe you are. But would you like that for all Americans? Well, I'm going to I would probably say yes, but I'm going to. OK, uh, that, that's all I want, sir. I mean, we, let's not talk about the money yet. No, no, I, I, let's not talk I, about the money yet because I'm going to get there. I promise you I'm going to get there. Wouldn't you like uh, you want most Americans who are able bodied to have to be able to go out there and work? Is that correct? Yes, I do want that. OK. And in order for a, a family to be able to go out and work, you want them to earn a wage that they can take care of, making sure their kids, while they're working, have daycare, make sure that, uh, that, that all these things are, that, that, they, that they are covered so that they can be productive citizens in America. Isn't that something that you would want? So you're saying free daycare? I'm not saying free daycare. I'm saying 
affordable daycare. In other words, we should have a system where if you want to work and everybody wants should want to work, that if they have kids, that the kids wouldn't be the thing that stops them from working. My because we want to you, have kids. We want we are a family loving country. Yeah. Good. My question and, to you is uh, isn't that a part of being personally responsible? If you can't uh, well here here's a problem with that. Let let me give you an example. Let's say uh, because of circumstances, I had to work at a McDonald's that only pays minimum wage. And let's say McDonald's decided to go with a living wage, which is, let's say, $17 an hour. It's actually more than that. It's more like $21, but let's call it $17. But at that, that cost, even if I have one kid, I couldn't easily afford rent that kid and, uh, you know, uh, uh, putting that kid into to, to, uh, daycare at the same time, pay the, the crazy prices for gasoline to go to work. It just doesn't work. So personal responsibility is one thing. Having an economic system that allows you to be personally responsible is another thing. And I'm saying we can have all of that if we don't have a, an economic system that screws us all, including screwing you. And I'll, I'll explain how it screws you as well a, a little bit later. But isn't that something that you would want, sir? Uh, well, I would, I would personally look and I have, and I would wait until I'm ready to financially working my way up. You're talking about people that are having kids at like 18 or 19. But what, what, I, what I'm saying, sir, is people, we, we also don't want abortions and that sort of thing. So, you know, somebody may have sex at 18 and get pregnant. Personal response. They could have been personally responsible and had an accident. Right. I'm going to I'm going to throw a wrench into your thing about being sure. a public. I, I am. I'm pro-abortion. I know. But, I, you know, I, I, I could hear in your voice that you were actually a um, you are you're a thinker. OK, so I have no problem. You calling yourself Republican or whatever you want to call yourself. I asked you a few questions and I could go down a whole laundry list of things that progressives believe in and that we can afford and I can show you why we can afford it. And I can show you where the plutocrats are gouging us and that we have people with Stockholm syndrome supporting these guys and saying, hey, there is a better way. I wrote a book called How to Make America Utopia. And take away the economy from those who rigged it. And the reason I wrote that book wasn't because I'm some crazy pinko liberal, which I am. I'm actually a progressive I prefer to use. But because it's what most Americans want. That's all, um, Jeff. That's all. No more, no less. Anything else you want to say? I want to close this out by saying everybody should be responsible for their lives. The government should not be responsible for your lives. Well, before you go, I know you got to go, but I want to remind you one important factor there. The one thing that, that the right has done is to disassociate government from we the people. Remember, government must be we the people. And if government is we the people, we cannot say we can't have government do for us because we'll be saying we can't have us do for us. We I talk later, brother. All right, Egberto, I got I to gotta run. Now, many, many would look at that and say, uh, well, you don't look like you convince him of anything. I was not trying to convince him of anything. What I was trying to do is let him criti think critically. Because what happened is they get into that, they get into that wormhole. 
and most of them stay in the wormhole. But all those people that are listening to KPFT, because they call me, I get the emails. Many of them will tell you right away, oh, wow, either that he sounded so silly when he said certain things or that, wow, he came around. Do you understand the last thing he said when I said government is we the people and I started to give that explanation and he was quiet that entire time. And then he said, I agree with that right before I, I hit the storm. He, I agree with that. And then then when when in as much as he was only looking at healthcare. In that he had insurance, he was doing just fine. When it's elaborated a little bit more, he says, yes, I'll have to say, yes, I want people to have that health care. And when we spoke about the, the, the chill, about the um, giving uh, support to children, uh, child care for the person who wants to work, at first he, he, he keeps talking about personal responsibility, but ultimately he acquiesces and says, I, I guess, you know, if, if somebody want to work, but they can't get the kind of job that's going to pay them, just maybe to keep them employed, that is, the, that is something that we should look at. What I'm trying to say is this. Whenever we are having an engagement in conversations with the other side, with those that are, that are conservative, and I'm not talking about just basic conservatives. I'm talking about Conservatives from a from a uh, from you know uh, the opposite of progressives with with respect to spending etc. A, a win is being able to have somebody listen, where it also gives the ability to critically think, and even if the person that you are talking to uh, is not agreeing, but you see the semblance of critical thinking there, but not only the semblance of critical thinking. But also, you have an audience that's listening. Within that listening audience, you are going to catch a lot of fish. And the reason why is folks are going—they're going to be those who don't have—they don't—they're not there to protect their ego or anything. They're just sitting down in their room and listening to the law, to the blog, or, or watching the blog, or listening to the podcast, and. Because it's just between them and your podcast, between them and the video, between them and otherwise, they continue to critically think when there's no pressures from the external externalities to affect them. What I'm trying to say, my brothers and sisters, is I know a lot of you think, in fact, because I get a lot of it in the mail, why waste your time with a Jeff who is a, you know, why waste your time with him? I did not waste my time. First of all, I made him think critically. But not only did he think critically, but all of the thousands that listened to that, we did this on air at KPFT. The thousands that listened to that, some of them would have been changed or some of them would have started thinking more critically. And that's all we can ask for. Maywood says, Michael Rudney, not sure what all the hubbub is all about. After all, the only people who drink light beer and Bud Light in particular are women and gays. So why are they complaining about a transsexual spokesperson? It's amazing, isn't it? Um, Carl Cox says, progressives believe in affordable education, affordable health care, affordable shelter, food, clothing, affordable, reliable transportation, and safe meds. Very true, uh, Brother Cox. But I want to address something that I saw from my brother in Atlanta. Uh, let's see, in Atlanta, he said something that really uh, kind of got to me, and I want to kind of address it, Brother Fleming. He says, 
He simply thinks that since someone is smarter than him, that they deserve to be richer. It's a simple mindset. It's even deeper than that. Because let me tell you, um, here's the thing, uh, um, Paul. I've worked for NASA. I've worked for big oil companies. I've worked for, and I, I've did, I've did all of that in a span of about six years. I never stayed at a at a at a job for more than the longest job I had was my first one at two years. But I always moved. I, it was easy for me to move around, and most of the times I was moving around because I was scared to death. I was I've been laid off. Thing is, I was never going to get laid off. But here's the thing that got me. In all these places that I worked with, all these pros and PhDs and etc. And with these executives that I had to interact with uh, when we were talking about, you know, I remember designing a, a, a piece of software for a bond tool one time, thing that goes into the oil well, right? And talking to these executives that makes orders of magnitude more than I make, right? I'm sorry to assume that those guys at the top know anything is wishful thinking. They are some of the most dense people that simply take ideas from what others and say, oh, that sounds like it may be right and accept it. I remember a, a project I did. I don't know if you guys remember a company called Transco, right? There was this project that I worked on and here was a deal with the project. It was a, it was a system designed by a company in, I think it was Fort Worth. And they had your own floating point format and all that good stuff. And this was a double computer system. And, and the reason I tell this story it's to dispel the notion that these execs know much of what they are talking about, right? So the exec from the company, uh, this particular company I worked for, was buying another company, and they wanted the technology from the other company. It turns out that this particular tool, or, or computer, was going to sit in a on a pole somewhere in the middle of the desert. It was going to get its electricity from solar panels. And it would transmit every so often the data to a, a responding station. And these were in very remote areas. And one of the problems we had is Transco, the big company, was going to buy this system from us. But what happened is that it only had storage for, I don't remember, maybe a week or so. And uh, to, in order to all these technologies that are going at oil wells, etc., have to be known as intrinsically safe. Intrinsically safe means that it can't create a spark in any of these things and any changes that you make to your electronics, it has to go through the process again of authorization. So my, my boss brought the thick bunch of code, dropped it on my desk and says, we are having to redesign the hardware, learn the software for the redesign of the hardware. So in studying the software, I realized that, uh, and by the way, they had told Transco, the oil company, that it would take about, uh, uh, it would take about, I don't know, I think it was a year, the whole turnaround, redesign of the hardware, getting it to be intrinsically safe, et cetera, would have, it would have done. So after doing all of that, I got the code and I'm reading through the code and I'm learning the, the design of the system from a code standpoint. And I run into my boss's office and I say, hey, man, we don't have to redesign the hardware. It's already intrinsically safe. We just have to change the software. And my boss was like, really? 
how are we going to do that? So I explained to him that we had some extra storage in a display processor that I could create a protocol between the two computers to move data over from one place to the other. So when this occurred, my boss is excited. So you can do that and you don't have to redesign any hardware? No, you don't have to do it. So they go to the engine, not the engineers first, the executives of the company. And the company's like, no, we, we have to redesign the hardware. It cannot be done. It cannot be done. So they bring all these guys into the office. They brought, uh, after, and by the way, we had already reported to Transco that we, beyond the company, that we could actually do it based on my word and my boss's confidence in me. Well, it turns out then that the, they bring the, the big guy from, from the company we're buying and Transco and all these guys in the meeting and said it couldn't be done. So I gave the explanation, made it possible. But the executives are there saying it can't be done. Go into the big meeting on the big oval table and shock the execs themselves. Because a project that was going to take 12 months was now going to take one month, including debugging and everything else. All right? The reason I bring this subject is, is we have a tendency to believe these execs know much. I was the lowest person on the totem pole. The lowest person, the engineer that was going to get this software running. I had a boss. He had a boss. And then he had this vice president. And the lowest one on the totem pole. The least paid. But the one that actually made that project go from 12 months to one month. Yet, in capitalist parlance, the people who made the money, the big bucks, were the ones who knew the least. If you want to know why I sour on the capitalist structure, why I sour on these types of structures, that is the reason why. I have never, ever had faith in executives thereafter. This was going to cost the company likely millions. And here it is. I didn't even get a bonus. I didn't even get a pat on the back. Let me tell you what happened. When it was time to tell the executives what was going to be done, and I wrote this part, this part in my book, uh, when it was time to tell the executives what would be done, my, the VP came into my office and he said, your time is too valuable. Teach Ken everything that you know so that he can go into the office with all the big shots and let them know how this project is going to be done in 30 days. I did the best I could, but when they started asking him questions, he couldn't answer them. And my uh, and the VP just kept running to my office. Hey, what's the answer to this? And eventually he got tired of running to my office and ran back. Okay? Have a good one, uh, Brice. Thank you for being here. The reason I'm telling this story again, the reason I'm telling this story, let's start having faith in the little guy. Right? The little guy is the one who makes uh, the, the, the system runs. Don't ever forget it. Anyhow, folks, uh, let's see what else. I, so, so this message was to, um, uh, the reason I brought that up was what uh, my brother in Atlanta had to say uh, about Paul Fleming. Don't believe that, oh, the executives need to, I mean, somehow they, sh they, they deserve to be paid more or not. Anyhow, we have one other video to talk about, and that is the one with uh, one of the interviews that I did out there at um, Netroots Nation. It's a great a young guy, a conservative guy, I mean, a, a, a progressive guy 
in Missouri trying to be the state attorney general. I want you to listen to this guy because these are the types of progressives we need out there. Check this out. Welcome to another edition of Politics and Right. I'm here with Elad Gross. Yeah. Elad, how are you doing? Welcome. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I well, appreciate it. You are taking on an incredible task. Mm, okay. You are running for the Attorney General of the state of Missouri. Missouri that's right. Yeah. All right. So, um, first of all, what gave you the gall to run for <laughs> uh, the Attorney General of state? What's your qualifications, Mike? Well, I, I am a former Assistant Attorney General of Missouri, despite looking like I'm 18 years old. I'm a real attorney. Okay. Uh, I, I'm a civil rights and government transparency attorney. So okay. I've sued the government quite a bit and uh, I'm pissed off like a lot of other folks in Missouri. It's about time we change our government. And now I'm going to just come on. I say, what the hell make you believe you can win in Missouri? Well, we're working really hard on it. So yes. I've traveled a lot around the state. I know a whole lot of folks there. Uh -huh. uh, we're actually organizing a very big ground game right now. The right. election will be in 2024 at right. the end of the year. So the idea is taking nothing for granted. Absolutely. Uh, but there are a lot of issues that I think folks, Republican, Democrat, right. Independent, all agree on. And the attorney general general's office is one historically in Missouri that has gone from one party to another one mm -hmm. because folks just want an attorney who represents them in that office. Now, who do you assume you're going to be running after the Republican? Uh, I, the Republican I, I don't assume anything. So there's two. They have two pretty, right. I mean, candidates with a ton of money already. Right. Uh, the current guy is an appointee of the governor. So he's got the governor's support. His name is Andrew Bailey. Right. The other one uh, is Will Scharf. And he was the lawyer for our former governor, Eric Greitens, who made right. national news for resigning in disgrace and sexually assaulting somebody. So that, those are the two Wait, candidates on the, the other the, side. The guy, he's running again, the, the one who was accused? No, so he worked for the governor who did that. There was a whole national story yeah, about, story. yeah, Eric yes, Wright. Yes, that's yes, right. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, well, look, uh, so... You think that you are going to be able to do this? I think you can. I, 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 I think there are a lot of shots that are going to occur in That's 2024. Yeah. And I think Missouri, with a lot of what's going on in Missouri, I think is right for a shot. Yeah. So um, are you making sure? I mean, look, you have the, the cities locked up. There's no doubt about that. Are you making sure to concentrate in the rural areas? So we travel a whole, I've already broken one car on this campaign. Right. It's down for the count. So yeah, we travel all over the place all the time. Now I'm not taking the cities for granted no, no, either, the like, urban areas. It's not about taking well, we, the cities for granted. Yeah, well, we have to have turnout too, right? right? We have to engage folks. Right. And actually one of the big focuses for our campaign is to find folks who have been disengaged, mm -hmm. disengaged voters, people who have been infrequent voters to say, look, you're probably not voting because you're mad at our government too. You're frustrated. They're not doing anything for mm -hmm. you. They don't care. You think your vote doesn't matter. I want those people. I want those people to understand that we can elect somebody who wants to hear their voice and put them back in our government. Okay. And I think that's a good thing, but I'm going to jump back to the rural people already. Yeah. Again, I am, you know, I, I love the city, all of that great stuff, but yeah. I think there has been, there's been several for several decades now, a strategic mistake by the democratic I party. 100%. And I think that strategic mistake is to seed the rural areas. I don't care, even agree. if the rural areas have the propensity to vote Republican, there's a certain percentage that you can increase that delta yes. that makes a difference. Yeah. But you have to 
in my opinion, go and engage people, flesh and blood. 100% agree. Too often, that's not what we're doing. Yeah. And and like I said, it's not about taking the city people for granted. Right. But it's saying, well, city people, I have you. I want to keep you. Give me a chance to go ahead and bring more into the fold. Exactly. Yes. Right. Democrat. I'm uh, I'm, I'm sermonizing to the candidate. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Let's do it. (laughs) I am waiting for a candidate that's going to go out there and say, and and campaign differently yeah. from another Democrat in red states. Is that right. you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can look our website right now, lodgross.org. We have all of our events listed. We're the most active campaign traveling in the state mm-hmm. of Missouri. Uh, we've gone over 11,000 miles already and we haven't been out there for all too long. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of that time is, is being spent in rural areas. Right now, we've got over 430 volunteers signed up for the campaign. Excellent. A ton of those are in rural areas. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing is instead of just having this be a focus on one candidate, mm-hmm. one campaign for mm-hmm. attorney general, which I think is extremely important, right. is that we're trying to bolster local candidates running in those rural Excellent. areas who True. never get support. Now, here's another thing. Uh, in Missouri, if I recall, did not accept the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act. Did they acquiesce to any of it at all in a, in some form? Yeah. So we actually had to go to the polls and put that through an initiative but petition is it process. In it is. Yes, it is. So we voted on it. And then the legislature and the governor tried to get around that. Right. It went to court and now they have to follow it. Okay, so now, they're always fighting it on the margins. But my, yeah. my question is, though, is it in effect yet? Yes. And so somebody can go ahead and get a car. When did that did that occur? That was. Oh, man, that was just in this. Uh, just a few years ago, a couple of years ago. The reason I'm saying that is I've been I've been appalled that Democrats had not gone into rural areas yep. for every hospital that closed. Correct. Yes, absolutely. Courtesy of. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, we've had a lot of rural hospitals, especially in Missouri, yes, close as a result of this. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, and then some were actually bought like the one in Mexico, Missouri. It was bought by this venture capital firm right. or whatever. They extracted every ounce of profit they could and they left that community without a hospital. Right, so. because that's what they do. They buy the hospital. Yes. They put it in debt. They file bankruptcy on that. Thing exactly and, right. And, and leave a hollow, a hollow cask of what, what's left. You're absolutely right. No, so uh, and my question again is, are you putting this into the into the language that these people understand? And yeah, that's not I mean, being a Democrat, but you right. are a good politician going out there <laughs> to get the job done. Right. I mean, I mean, I don't really talk so much in terms of party versus good. another party. I talk yeah. a lot in terms of here's Policy. what this office office can do and has historically done. Here's here are my plans for you. And uh, one of the biggest uh, issues that we're dealing with is going after scammers in the state of Missouri. Mm-hmm. It's the number one complaint that comes to the attorney general's office by far right. every year. And I mean, scams come in all different forms. A lot of them come on our phones. Right. Some of them come from a venture capital firm in New York trying right. to screw over our healthcare yes, system. Yes, so yes. we'll get them all. Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay. What else do you plan to do? So uh, another big part of the uh, campaign is uh, I will start Missouri's first civil rights division in the history of our state. Mm -hmm. We do not have one. We're here in Illinois. Illinois does. And uh, there are lots of other states that they enforce our rights in housing. They enforce rights against discrimination in the workplace, public accommodations, all of these things that the attorney general should be doing. Uh, and uh, we don't do that in Missouri. right? What's now. the demographic of, the, of Missouri? So it's, it's mostly white. Uh, it has not uh, changed no, a no, whole no, lot. I mean, and it uh, uh, It's 80 ish right around 80-ish. there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And yeah. the reason I'm saying that, OK, you're going to pick up 
civil rights as an, an issue. Yeah. Uh, how, are, how are you going to sell civil rights in a place like, I mean, the civil rights policies yeah. in a place like Missouri? Well, I mean, everybody, you know, if you go to work and you've seen something unfair happen there, there's it doesn't matter. You know, right. I mean, folks understand that. But a lot of people have been looking at our justice system and they know it's broken. Right. I've spent a lot of time in rural areas working with the Department of Corrections right. and law enforcement there. And look, there are a lot of folks who have been put into jails that are not regulated very well right. in very rural areas. Uh, and they've been screwed over. They've been held in basically what are illegal debtors prisons right. in our in our state. Well, I mean, the reason I asked that question is I'm glad that that you've expanded the definition of what most people think of civil rights. Because, I think you're right. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. Because what happens a lot of times is they make civil rights just an issue that 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 affects people of color. BIPOC. That's and true. Yeah. In a mostly white state that's not yet evolved into true into true uh, inclusiveness, mm-hmm. it presents a it presents a drag. However, yeah. if it's expressed in a, in a particular manner, like I think you just pointed out. Yeah, I, I think like look, like there's there's so many issues that we deal with in rural Missouri that we're also dealing with in urban areas and right. suburban areas. And I look, they want to keep those people in power. Right. Want to keep us divided exactly. because the more divided we are, the less we're focusing on them and saying what a terrible job you're doing. And so my job is to bring this coalition and you together. Bring that even though it's a word that that can be said differently, you bring that intersectionality yeah. of, of where where those people are. How exactly do, right. How do those people intersect? Give me a closer. I'm excited for it. I mean, look, I, I think give me a I think, better closer. I think, than I'm, I'm look, excited. No, I, I am, but I think that's what we're bringing. That's special right. to this race. It's we're bringing serious energy to the Missouri Democratic Party right, right now. That party has honestly, it's failed a lot of our state. Yes. It hasn't put people in the right positions to succeed in just a week. Mm-hmm. We are going to reboot one of the central committees for the party. Mm-hmm. This is about bringing energy back to Missouri so that we are defending working so people in our state. So you're part of the revival of the Democratic Party, the party of, I forgot the senator that lost, uh, Senator, you're, you're Oh, senator. we had Claire McCaskill Claire Mac- who was the, there. The, sure. The rebirth yeah. of, the, of yeah. the Claire McCaskill machine. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be different. Right. And uh, look, we're a different state now. And uh, Senator McCaskill served in so many different positions with right. our state, right? Uh, uh, but no, I think I think it's really about how do we reach folks with these shared interests and help us understand how much we all share together right. versus allowing us to divide us. But we're going to sue a whole bunch of scammers. We're starting that civil rights division. We're going to end a bunch of puppy mills in Missouri, too. So we've got a lot of plans to get that done. Elad Gross. <laughs> Thank you so kindly for having hey, me. Hey, thanks. I, I thanks like, for having I, me. I love your energy. Yeah. And I, 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 I hope you are that transformative Democrat that the South needs. Well, thanks. I mean, it's 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 really about all of us building a community together. Right. And uh, that's what this is about. It's about having folks be a part of something that's bigger than them. Excellent. And uh, very excited. About Great it. having you. Thank you. All right. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead. Number one, subscribe to our channel. And number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share.
Well, I hope you enjoyed that. E2247, welcome to Politics and Right. I noticed you've been giving us all that good info as usual. By the way, uh, Bruce, are you still here? If you're still here, just say yes, because I want to answer you with regards to uh, with Elon Musk and Bill Gates. I, I want to answer those two because I think your question was, when I talk about executives not really being, uh, I don't even want to use the word smart, but uh, I want to say as deserving as the rank and file of the corporation. So if you're still here, just drop me a yes in there or something. Bruce, I want to know if you're still in the house or not. But anyhow, let's see what else we got here. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver. Um, yes, I, I wouldn't call it a bubble campaign. And the reason why is because I think uh, we get into trouble when we do things like that. I treat my rural brothers and sisters not as babas, but as folks with different cultures, etc. So no, as far as I'm concerned, they're not baba. When I go into uh, the rural areas and I talk to people, I'm respectful and I sort of acquiesce to what they're doing. And you know what? And for that, I, most of the times, I think I'm very much rewarded. I can go into Timbuktu rural area and you know I just keep talking. <laughs> and, then, and when people, uh, they start looking at me as if I'm weird and eventually they kind of drop their, their walls. Anyhow, so here's what I want to say, Bruce. Bill Gates is a very smart dude. Elon Musk is a very smart dude. The one, the part, but they are both psychopaths. And what I mean by that is that these two, and, and by the way, uh, Bruce, I know you personally. I know your intellect personally. And I also know what Bill Gates has produced. And I also know what Elon Musk has produced. They have nothing intellectually above you. The difference is that you're not a psychopath. You don't believe that uh, the unending earning of money somehow makes your worth. Bill Gates is a nice guy, but Bill, he's giving away all of his money. But it wasn't his to give. It was an economic system that made him able to accumulate that, which he used very well to accumulate it, and then became the god of giving away money. In the case of Elon, he's, he's probably not going to give away a darn thing, in my opinion. I don't know for a fact that one. But Elon Musk is not the smartest cat out there. And his handling of Twitter proves my point. There, there, are some, there are some documents out there that said they were trying to explain to him algorithms and certain things that he was supposed to do. And I forgot, I, I was supposed to blog the article and I forgot. But he didn't have a clue as far as algorithmic things, uh, how the impact certain things would have. So... While he, he was able to acquire the money using the government and others to build this company, as far as the intellect behind this company, it has less to do with him and more to do with a startup that with, with a whole bunch of passionate people who wanted to design and do something. So, Bruce, in effect, what I'm saying is Bill Gates and, and Elon Musk, their level of intellect is no better than yours, zero better than yours. But again... The difference is that they're both psychopaths. One is a psychopath with, with a good edge. The other one is a psychopath that is simply evil. That's my, that's my assessment, and I mean that from the depths of my heart with nothing other than what I see, what I read, etc. Okay? Uh, let's see what else we got here. Gate is too much excited about co uh, You go with the trend. You constantly... <laughs> You know, Eric, it surprises me how easily it is for people to 
get you to believe certain things. But what can I say? The good thing about you being here, Eric, is you have a brother here that won't let you get too far astray. You know, I love you, brother. I won't let you get too much astray. Anyway, folks, uh, we're coming down close to the end of the program. I'd like to ask you to remember to support the program. I'm only going to give you one link because I don't want to spend the time doing a whole lot of other stuff. So please go ahead and support the program at politicsunright.com slash support, politicsunright.com slash support in however manner you can. We cannot do this operation without you. We cannot support this without you. Bruce says, sometimes we get out of our box. Psychopath wolf definition will be discussed with, um, let's see, psychopath. I, I, I think you have a misspelling there that I and I can't quite figure out what it is that you're saying there, Brother Bruce. Um, sometimes we get out of our box. Explain. I want to know what you mean by sometimes we get out of our box. Oh, uh, psychopath wife definition will be discussed with with see it <laughs> with wife. Okay, I uh, maybe I maybe I I don't know if if you're trying to say that my definition of a psychopath is not the clinical definition, which in my case, it probably wouldn't be. I'm not clinically apt or clinically educated like your wife is, Brother Bruce. So um, I would have to defer and listen to whatever she tells me, of course. But I know what I mean by psychopath in this case for Bill Gates. And if I have to change the word, and meaning Bill Gates and Elon Musk and all these billionaires, if I have to change the word based on the psychological, the, the right psychological profile, I will. Uh, let's see. So it is name calling. Um, no, no, no. I don't want to be name calling. I want, uh, uh, wait a minute, Bruce. I don't want to, uh, that's not, I'm when I, when I said they were psychopaths, I wanted to define who I define exactly what they are. It wasn't about giving them a name call. Okay. It's not about calling them a name or like calling somebody an idiot or something like that. I genuinely believe there is something mentally deficient in billionaires because they don't, they're billionaires and they don't understand the effect they have on the economy as a whole. So no, no, I'm not name calling. I am given, I define that as what they are. I could be wrong in the definition as it is clinically and I'm willing to, change the word to the appropriate word, but no, I'm not trying to name call. I'm trying to say who they are. That's all. That's all. Nothing more, nothing less. Nothing more, nothing less. Because again, these guys do not think like you do. They do not think like the folks, many of the folks here who are humane, uh, who are, who really think humanity first. Thinking humanity first is not saying I will think humanity after I make a billion dollars, right? It doesn't matter what I have to do to get to that billion. After I get to that billion, I can show my, my, my philanthropy, right? What happened on your way there? And not only that, but nobody has earned a billion dollars in the first place. It is the system. So that is what I really mean in what I'm saying. So if there's a better word, let me know what the better word is to define the folks that are that that just have to hoard at the expense of others. You know, whether they want to admit it or not, it is at the expense of others. 
All right, let's see. Lee Grant says, Woke, a state of awareness only achieved by these dumb enough to find injustice in everything except their own behavior. Oh, what a definition, but of course it's not true. Every case is capitalism gives out money and capital, hence the name. I think you need to understand a little bit more about capitalism and include the stock stock prices, etc. But anyhow, I'm coming close to the end of the program and I got to shut this baby down. I want to thank everybody from being here. Thank you so kindly for being a part of our PDR Posse. I couldn't do it without you guys. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.